When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Scott Sosh. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the Just Don't Do It Sports Business Podcast, The Sportacast. We were of similar minds, but mine's better. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> if I'm, Shocker. And I th- I'm going to say it to you. Let's reverse the opening of the show. Great. And let's and let's try it that way, okay? Right. Go go ahead. You starting you, now, in you three, two, one. Hello, I'm Evan Novi Williams, and I'm Scott Soshnick, and this is the Goodbye World Sportacast. Also good. You like it better. Also, you good. like it better. Well, yours. Be you have to explain yours a little bit more than than I. Uh, well, have of to course, we're going to explain it a little more. Yeah, oh, that, and that. Thank you for listening. And that's the end of the show. The shortest podcast we've ever done. We we just do the intro. But come now, come on the merits. Even up. Which one are you voting for? I like mine. You we'll liar. Mine. <laughs> you liar. You're such a liar. All right. So now explain yours, which is a, try it a literal. Like just, I'm a little tired of just do it. That's all. We're recording on on Monday afternoon. Uh, so the the college football playoff game that has already happened. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, uh, we don't know who won. Uh, we know it was a team that'll be in the Big Ten in a couple of years. Um, but we're going to talk about some other topics instead. Uh, the big one being news on Monday morning, Scott, uh, which you and I just both alluded to. Tiger Woods and Nike separate. Operating after almost 30 years in business together, one of the most indelible, one of the most lucrative, one of the most notable athlete and brand partnerships, uh, certainly of my lifetime and of, of, of the past 30 or 40 years, um, just do it, obviously, being Nike's slogan. Um, but your illusion, uh, goodbye world, uh, refers to back in 1996, 97, whenever it was the Tiger signed his first deal. It was a five-year, $40 million deal. How quaint his first deal with Nike. Yeah. Um, but or about what a backup point guard would exactly, make. yeah. What he's probably making in a, in in a, in, a, in a couple of days now. Um, I believe that that was announced with the with the catchphrase to start "Hello World." Is that right? He said "Hello World." That's right. So thank you. So I said "Goodbye World." <laughs> Good, He's sunsetting. Goodbye World. So so, yeah. so what are we? I mean, the, the 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 some of the backdrop here. Nike in 2016 announced that it was getting out of the the golf hardware hard goods business. So. No longer making balls, no longer making clubs, no longer making putters, things like that. Continued to focus on golf apparel and golf shoes. Uh, and, and Tiger obviously stayed relevant in that world. But even that business, a very small part of Nike's multi, multi, multi-billion dollar business, um, they, they had been scaling back the number of golfers that they were working with. I guess my first question to you, Scott, this is not a surprise, even though no. it, it's such, a, such an indelible partnership. But, but what are we to make about the, the separation of Tiger and Nike? Yeah, what are we to make of it? Boy, um, I, I guess the question is that what I think what we'd said right away is I don't want to look back. All right. We know what it was. I mean, he was the greatest on the planet. And, you know, marketers did what marketers do. That's great. But I am really interested to see what happens with Tiger moving forward. Yeah. How do you how do you utilize Tiger? 
Um, is it his own brand? Does he do a Federer thing like a sub-brand of on? He still has TaylorMade. Does he do sort of a sub-brand of TaylorMade? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. What, when Tiger is not playing, and if it's not Sunday and it's not the leaderboard, and if the gallery isn't swelling, and I mean, I'm trying to think of my, my live Tiger experiences. I had Tiger at Shinnecock for a U.S. Open, and I forgot, but I remember I went to cover it because it was like the glory group. They had, it was, a, it was a foursome of, you know, top, top elite. And I don't remember who it was, but I remember early, I believe it was the first round, Tiger hit out of the weeds and sprained his wrist or something and pulled out of the tournament. <laughs> like, okay, nothing for me to do there. Uh, I saw him at Torrey Pines when he was playing on one leg and, you know, uh, went the overtime there. Yeah, with Rocco. Um, yeah. And, I, and I followed Tiger in the round of the Masters. I did this with Mike Buteau, our former colleague, Followed Tiger at the Masters for a column when he came back from the controversy, which was its own, you know, experience in its right. Um, now I can look back. Now I need to look forward. Where, where, who, how do you extract the value of the once great Tiger no longer playing, dominating? I'm not sure. What do you think he does next? This to me is the, this is the interesting conversation for me is what now with Tiger Woods. Yeah, yeah, I think that it's it's obviously clear that Tiger Woods is going to have value to brands for as long as he's alive, right? Of course, this, this is the way that yeah. golf golfers and and tennis particularly uh, operate. I, I would argue, in some ways, Scott, that I, I think Tiger's value to an apparel company kind of diminishes. I, I see Tiger with Rolex, a longtime partner of his. I understand that. I can see him with with Buick or a car company. But but the the apparel side of things, I actually think is maybe not the, the 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 real bread and butter for him when he's no longer consistently playing on Sundays or Saturdays or even Fridays. Um, but but I think I think Roger Federer is the perfect example. Roger Federer, also a longtime Nike athlete, towards the end of his career as a dominant athlete, separated from Nike. You mentioned it. He he has a big, some people say $300 million plus deal with on shoes. It includes some equity. He's very involved in the company, but he's getting paid handsomely for it. He also has another deal with Uniqlo on the non-shoe apparel side, mm-hmm. another multi-hundred million dollar deal. Um, that to me is the is is the is the example to look at. It's long time. You're putting Nike the Tiger athlete. brand alongside Ferry. Do you see them as the same in sort of like I, when I think of Roger, I think it's elegance. I think it's refinement. It's the Wimbledon whites. That that's to me, and that makes sense with Rolex and these things you're talking about. I don't see that with Tiger. Tiger was raw power. It was greatness and power. Yes, but it wasn't that refinement. Like that's I don't see that for him. I, so I actually do sorry, where we place it. I okay. do. I mean, I, I get, I get that you could be wrong twice in one podcast. That's fine. <laughs> I get that Buick is not Mercedes. Right. And you can maybe make an argument. Well, He had the deal with Buick. Had, had to do with he, Buick. Yeah. And I could see him yeah. being a, 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 a valuable car endorser for a long time. Um, I've seen with Tesla. <laughs> also maybe possible. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who, who yeah. Knows? Um, yeah. Tiger is fascinating because I, it, keeping the comparison, Roger Federer was, essentially scandal-free for his dominant athletic career. And Tiger Woods has been very, very far from scandal-free uh, in his career. And and and, and outside of the, the, the very big one a decade ago, more recently has had some has had some challenges off the off the course. Uh, so well, it's going to be driving in the car crash day. Was that a Genesis? Is that what he was driving? Was it a Genesis? Um, when he the recent car accident. Yeah. When yeah, he mangled yeah. his leg. I believe it was a yeah. Genesis. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. The the uh, so yeah it, it's 
going to be interesting to see. The world, I think, is his oyster here, right? I, I can't imagine Adidas swoops him up. So I think you're looking at either something he's going to start himself apparel-wise or maybe a smaller company, maybe a golf-focused company that can give him a bunch of equity. Um, maybe it is an upstart like a, like On or something like that. Um, it, it's going to be interesting because I agree with you. I think the, the, the really, really powerful days of Tiger Woods as an apparel endorser I think are over. Um, that doesn't mean he doesn't have value now, but it's going to be fascinating to see who wants that value and how he chooses to extract it moving forward. Could you do something with his son? How about Tiger and Charlie together? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this that is, I'd like to see. Do you think LeBron is that probably having these conversations? LeBron is a, is also yeah. a Nike athlete. Um, I, I believe he has one of those quote-unquote lifetime deals that are not actually lifetime deals. But yeah, I, I, of course, the the if you're a a golf if you're looking ahead and you're and you're in the golf business i think you have a good idea that charlie woods could be a a prominent Mm -hmm. member of this of this sport for a very long time in addition to his father just like you look at 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 basketball and think that that lebron and his sons uh could be in a very similar boat am i to guess that nike owns the tw trademark what do you think um, I think probably yes. I think they did own the Roger Federer trademark, that RF yeah. without yeah, the, the RF, without the yep. lines. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But who knows? Maybe maybe Tiger has a different thing. The, the relationship, I'm sure, the relationship between Nike and and Roger Federer was good even when it ended. The yeah. relationship between Nike and Tiger, from what I understand, is very very strong. Phil yeah. Knight has a lot of respect for Tiger. They have been very close for again for for decades and decades. Um, I, I don't think that this is an, an animus breakup in any situation, and I would not be shocked if they are willing to work with each other in the future on on, on things like that that might have value for one and not the other. Right. There is only one proper answer for the standout moment of the Tiger Woods-Nike relationship. You know, give me, give me, you know what it was? Uh, was it that, that ball that hung on the edge? That's the one. Right before That's it the one, man. The Nike you logo couldn't out. pay a billion dollars to buy something so Stop good. Stop with I the mean, logo that is, out. It's an, an indelible <laughs> moment. The lo- yeah, the logo is clear as can be and just whoop. Drip, drip, drops into the hole. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and the fist pump the hole. And for added context for folks who are curious, even though he's not playing that much golf right now in, in 2022 tiger woods was the 10th highest earning athlete in the world according to, to sportico and our colleague kurt badenhausen um 65 million vast majority of that was off-field earnings of course um but even as his 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 career sunsets to a degree he is still a very powerful endorser not just with nike but with with a lot of the companies that he works with all right, so who you got? UW and uh, Go Blue Michigan. What do, what do you got here? What, what are we talking about? Uh, oh, man. E- no matter who wins, no matter who's around, ESPN is a major player in the world. I still love, you were so early to this years ago, I remember when you were like, you guys understand that like ESPN virtually owns college football. Yeah. Yeah, people still don't realize not it. Just you can a hundred times. People do not realize that ESPN virtually owns college Yeah, and, it's, and people think, oh, they, they broadcast a lot of the games, which is true, but they also sell a lot of the sponsorships, right? No, they they, have, a, the they sponsorship. have a very yep. big uh, relationship with the college football playoff. And we talked to Bill Hancock about this. He was a little cagey with some details, but they're out there in the market looking for new partners. There's a lot of pressure to expand beyond ESPN for the reasons that you're talking about, Scott. I think everyone realizes they'd rather have multiple groups in a lot of power as opposed to a single that, media that company. consolidation of power of ain't good. And, and we'll see if that ends up happening. But I, I love the, the college football championship game because it is – 
it is the event probably where ESPN does the most in terms of trying new things, doing the, the, the X's and O's broadcast with the coaches and the influencer broadcast. And Pat McAfee, who we can get into, has had quite, we'll a, quite a month. We'll get to in a minute. He'll be on the sidelines uh, for the game with his own stream. Will he be on the sideline for good? No, we'll see. Hello, yeah. foreshadow tease. <laughs> <Dun, dun, dun. laughs> um, but I do think that the, every year this game is an interesting look at the way that ESPN is thinking about the potential future of big sports broadcasts. So yeah, whoever it, wins t- tonight or, or yesterday, depending on when you're, when you're listening to this. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a good moment in sports media because it does show where, where I think the future may hold. This podcast is sponsored by cloud optimizer as a business owner or it manager. Are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why it's time for cloud optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance Plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shame on us, though. We actually had a good segue to the game, and I blew it because we were talking about Nike. Like, how many straight Nike teams have won the college football championship, right? Oh, it's been and, since Auburn, I think. Right. So it's been 20-something that, but... years, and, you know, uh, Washington is an Adidas school. So I, I, we, we, could, we could have a change here at the time. I believe this is the first Adidas school to make a college football playoff Good investment by Adidas. Yeah, I, yeah. I think, unless I'm forgetting one of them, I believe when Cam Newton won with Auburn, that was the last non-Nike school, I believe. Um, to uh, to win the to win the, the 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 national title in football, um, but yeah, it's been a dominant run, and, and and that industry just like just like golf in some ways has changed dramatically. The 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 kind of the the, the bubble that we saw in 2016 and 2017. Well, Under Armour raced in to Under give it Armour UCLA crushing. and some of the others, and then they had to end those deals. And, and yeah. even the Washington uh, Adidas deal. Uh, yeah. Adidas was a longtime sponsor of UCLA. They lost UCLA to a, a huge Under Armour deal. A lot of companies like Adidas and Under Armour think about this regionally. If you lose your big West Coast college sports power, where are you going to go to fill that hole if you're Adidas? Wait, aren't those and, teams and based in the southeast of the United States? <laughs> or, or maybe some in the middle of the country in the Big Ten? What, do you, what, what, is, this, yeah. what is this West Coast you speak of, Mr. Novi Williams? I'm not, fa- I'm not familiar with that's that. Good, Scott, that's good, Are you good. talking about Washington State? <laughs> yeah, no, well, no, Washington's playing in the game, not Washington State. Yeah, that's right next to Tuscaloosa, from what I uh, from what I understand. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So, so in in some ways, the, the the Washington Adidas deal is is a direct result of of that era when when schools all wanted big time big time 
uh, schools in their portfolio, companies did, and one of them geographically. And and there's was not that much power out on the West Coast for for college sports. So um, Adidas looked at and, and gave a huge contract to Washington. I would imagine Washington's next deal might not be as big. Who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, it's a really interesting uh, apparel matchup with some with some backstory on the business side as well. National championship game versus Apple Cup winning T-shirt. I'm not, you know, it's not really sure where they're getting their value, but I think they did okay <laughs> on that deal. For, and I don't want to give you too much credit because I, you know, I do bathe you in in, in credit. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if it was your byline or not. But the story about the championship teams, Michigan and Washington, and how much debt their athletic yeah. departments have was that you or is that not uh, that w- Lev did the did the writing came from our data. Um, okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. I just find it fascinating that they're both top eight, top eight. They're in both debt, top right? eight in public schools in debt. Um, both in yeah. the in the two hundred to two hundred and fifty million dollar range. Better keep selling out those games, folks. Yeah. It's it's a it's interesting. The list is actually really fascinating because number one, we've talked about it a lot, is Cal. Um, and and Cal is joining the, the ACC, but in a in a bunch of trouble, I think financially. Um, if you're on that list and you're not in the Big Ten or the SEC in two years. In trouble. There's there are some some well, some, some big Cal could red call alarms. on its endowment. The endowment could write a check if it wanted. That, that's been true for the past decade, and they I have know. kind of bailed out the athletic department, but not in a way that 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 really easily right sizes things. I um, remember years ago I wrote a story, Eben, when I got one of these alumni emails that said, "Hey, you know, at Syracuse University." That I think five percent are they gonna the, the student fee was going up or something, and like five percent was going to be directed to athletics, and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. So I you know started poking around, and I realized it was like the first time in forever, whatever, that the university had had to subsidize athletics with fees from you know just sort of your student fee. And at Syracuse, there was always a saying, your student fee at work when you went to a computer lab, when you went to the gym, then you'd see a little sign like, oh, look at these new computers, your student fee at work. Yeah. Well, now it went to the athletic department, and it was the first time. And we actually wrote the story. I don't think they were too happy with me. Um, but, it, yeah, it's interesting to see. If you're going to take on this kind of debt, there is something called debt service. You have to pay this debt down. Um it's one of the reasons I think Stanford, when they announced they were uh, they were doing construction project on their stadium, it's counterintuitive. Yeah. They didn't make it bigger. Every like Michigan will just keep making bigger. They want 105, 110, 120 thousand seats. They said no, no, no. We're going to make it smaller. You go big. The one problem with making it bigger, things may be great right now. But you always have to fill those seats. And, That's what debt service uh, does. Too. And looking at this top ten, the, the schools that are not going to be in the SEC or Big Ten in, in the next few years: Cal at number one, four hundred forty million of debt. Yeah. Arizona State number two, they'll be in the Big Twelve, three hundred nineteen million of debt. And the only other one on this list is Georgia Tech at, at, at two hundred seventy. I can solve their problems, Evan. Debt. I can solve the problem. Okay. Very easy. Private equity? What's the no. solution? Who needs private equity? All I will do is say, I'm going to set up a volleyball court in the middle of the football stadium and invite Nebraska to come play. <laughs> and I will also... Do that 100 times. Do 100 times and then no, 50 year, times. Because yeah. the, the other 50 times, I'm going to set up a basketball court and invite Iowa and Caitlin Clark there you to go. come play. I was on by the way, list did, as well, by the way. I did the seven. little... I, oh, are they really? Yeah. I was on the list? Yeah. All right. Well, they need more Caitlin outdoors. Um, I was at the New Jersey Devils game the other day mm. where... Where uh, Connor Bedard got hurt, you're, you're the bad luck, yeah, um, yeah. But that was Phenom Friday, where I asked people on Twitter, "Are you if you just had free tickets and free time, are you going to Prudential Center to see Connor Bedard as I did, or are you going down to Piscataway to the Rack, the Rutgers Athletic Center, uh, to see Caitlin Clark in town?" And I want to say I'm surprised, but I'm not really surprised. That it was a, it wasn't a runaway, but more people said Caitlin Clark, 
And let's just say I met a few people, and I'm not going to say who they were, but I did meet a few people who did both. They went to Caitlin Clark oh, early, great. stayed for the game, and then raced over to Prudential Center. Were there kids the involved in that, half. or were those adults that, that were just curious? Uh, there were kids involved yeah. in this, and the kid I talked to, who, by the way, not young, young kid, like this, you know, probably mid-teenager, was glowing. Got a got a high five from Caitlin in the warm-up line, you know, with with good seats, and uh, you know, just absolutely uh, mouth agape at getting to see Caitlin Clark and getting a little high five. Here's the thing that surprises me about that poll. The a- asking people what they would rather see, Caitlin Clark uh, playing with Iowa, playing with Iowa or seeing Connor Bedard in, in the NHL. Um, Caitlin Clark is is not theoretically at the highest level of women's basketball. Next year, she will be playing for a WNBA team probably somewhere. And if that were the case, if you were to ask that question, seeing Caitlin Clark playing for the Liberty – or seeing Connor Bedard, I think you maybe get a very different answer. Wait, shouldn't you say Indiana? Because don't they have the number one pick? Indiana, sure. I just don't know what the team's name is. Um, <laughs> I think it's the Fever. The Fever. Okay. So I, I bet if in a year, if Connor Bedard is playing the Devils and the Indiana Fever are playing the Liberty on the same day, and you were to ask that question, I think Connor, Connor Bedard performs better. Um, and there's no other, I can't think of another sport out there where that's necessarily true. If you were, if this was Connor Bedard playing in the, in the AHL or whatever it was, um, you would expect more people to be excited about him when he was in the NHL. Um, but women's basketball for a lot of reasons we've talked about before about the power of university brands and all that college women's basketball is a much bigger commercial entity than the WNBA in a lot of ways. Um, and it's the reason why there's a chance that Caitlin Clark will be taking a pay cut, uh, next year when she goes into the WNBA as opposed to what she's making right now in NIL money, et cetera, uh, as a member of the, the, the Iowa women's basketball team. Um, but I was, I was not surprised that the end result was that Caitlin Clark was a bigger draw. Um, but I, and their scarcity, she only makes one visit to hundred percent. Right? Yeah. But I, but I do think that it is interesting that, that I do believe that once she is playing at the, at the next level higher up, I think some of that interest starts to wane. All right, not going to disagree, and we're jumping around a little bit. We were talking on ESPN earlier, but you mentioned McAfee, and I sort of foreshadowed, you know, will he be sidelined permanently? Man, I got to tell you, from what I know at ESPN, it's not uh, it's not easy to survive when you've taken a public shot at one of the top executives. And, and there was a story in the New York Post about the ratings of McAfee's show, and he came out and, and just squarely put the crosshair on Norby Williamson, saying that he leaked this stuff <laughs> and he's trying name. to sabotage yeah. the show by name. Called like him he a rat, like I he think, was hinting. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, this is, n- this is not the intern you're taking shots at, right? This is sort of the masthead of ESPN. Um, I was extremely surprised we didn't hear anything else you know, of it after that. Um, but clearly... Uh, inside ESPN, there must be much consternation as to, uh, is this worth it? Are we getting what we bargained for? Is the ROI there? One of the questions that you always love to ask, and I'll, and I'll turn it around to you, who needs Ooh, who more that? in this scenario? Yes. Does ESPN need Pat McAfee, who runs essentially is their, is their afternoon primetime slot, is yeah. the face of ESPN on television on, on weekday afternoons? Does ESPN need Pat McAfee more, or does Pat McAfee, who is well, popular me, in his own right, need ESPN more? Let my retort include another question. Do you believe that the McAfee core audience is of just sort of a fixed size. Tis what it is. Do you think that ESPN is bringing new fans 
to Pat McAfee? Is he going to get much more? And I, I mean, I think the whole purpose is where the answer was no, that his core audience is what his core audience is. So I don't think McAfee became the kind of entity ESPN wanted yeah. without ESPN, obviously. So he does not need ESPN. And he's proven himself sort of on the alt cast that there's a sizable audience for him there too, that his loyal followers will go follow and watch him there. Uh, so I will say ESPN needs a McAfee-esque mm-hmm. character, one that perhaps works better within the confines and limitations as we saw with Barstool and regulation and you know what is, what is permissible. Uh, with Penn and Barstool. Um, so I'm going to say ESPN needs a something more than Pat McAfee needs ESPN. Yeah, that's interesting because it's he's obviously – he may not be – he's not my cup of tea. He's not your cup of tea, but he's obviously no. extremely popular. Yeah. And and finding a Pat McAfee-style replacement I think is probably – maybe even impossible, but is, yeah, very, is very, very, very difficult. He, he clearly has his finger on that intersection of sports fandom Although, in a very effective this. way. Let me ask you yeah. this if I may. Because as a player, there aren't a whole lot of people unless you really, really, really follow, you know, who's your punter on your fantasy team, right? He was a punter for the Colts. Like, whatever. Who cares? Dime a dozen, right? So, all right. But he became, because he had that credibility as a player, great. It's almost the same thing with uh, Biz Nasty, right? He was not a well-known hockey player. This is Paul Biz Nasty. Yeah, Paul Biz He's probably become, would you say, the most influential voice in in hockey, I'm he, hockey media. I mean, yeah, certainly one yeah, of them. He's, he's on media. TNT's he's, yeah, crew now. He's the, yeah, he's the guy. Spit he's got the podcast. Hobby spit and chicklets. Yeah. He, my, my son loves the show. He wears the gear. You know, it's become almost like a hockey in itself is is a lifestyle. But they've managed to make that brand a lifestyle brand as well. So um, there's that. So I would just say, is there just somebody else we don't know about? Like I'm, I'm guessing is somebody going to pop up? Who's that guy? Like Barkley was a star, and he does it for TNT. Yeah. But there are others. We, we're seeing Pat Beverly. Is there somebody else that's out there who can do this? We just do not know who that person is yet. It's interesting that all the names you mentioned, McAfee and Pat Beverly included, are all bar, Barstool, barstool origins, folks. right? That, that's well, Pat like you McAfee just said, it's not your up. cup of tea. It's not my yeah, cup of tea, yeah, yeah. but there's a huge audience. Yeah, yeah. and I actually, I, I, I am a big Spit and Chicklets listener. I, I think Me too. I, 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 think I think it's a great show. Really I love bringing the job. culture of hockey out to, to the masses. Agreed, yeah. I, it, it's in, in the question of who needs who more, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of torn. I, like, if Pat were to announce tomorrow that he was just moving to – YouTube TV or, or, or just going to stream his show on Twitch or YouTube, his audience goes down significantly, right? That, that is, mm-hmm. that seems fairly clear. Um, how valuable is the, is the audience that he's losing in that transition? And what happens if he loses Aaron Rodgers? What happens if what? he loses Aaron Rodgers? ESPN is, or the, the show is paying Aaron Rodgers to appear mm-hmm. obviously. And, and, and Aaron probably doesn't do that. So, so, so consistently if he's not being paid. Um, yeah, I think there's some open questions here, but, but Pat has bounced around a lot. He was not at Barstool very long. He was not at FanDuel very long. Um, controversy has come to him at ESPN uh, after not very long. Um, We're not going to say the name, but you and I met with a, what what do we want to call that person we met with in McAfee? A co-worker? Someone who's familiar with his business, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, someone very familiar with his business who early on said, this this is not going to last. This is just not going to last. Yeah, and, and maybe that is just the way that Pat's career goes, or maybe at some point he does kind of strike out on, on his own. Um, it's interesting that, that as popular as he is, he's, he's probably the candidate maybe most suited for doing his own thing, but he has 
obviously not chosen to do that yet. Um, maybe that's a maybe that's a point in the in the uh, on the side of of traditional linear media that that even someone with this avid digital following who is willing to bounce around to find him uh, is still choosing to do it through bigger legacy media companies. But it will be fascinating to see after after so so blatantly and vocally calling out a single high ranking executive who is one of the highest ranking uh, executives at ESPN. Uh, the fact that Pat was not he, he did apologize. He put a he put a shirt on with sleeves, which people were laughing about. Uh, but Pat did apologize. That's that's, that's frankly that's formal to way. a degree. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the fact that he his show was not taken down off the air. There doesn't seem to be any at least public discipline for him or his show. No I, one day suspension. Nothing. No one day suspension. I think that does speak a lot of volumes about uh, about where the power lies, at least right now, in that relationship. All right. Speaking of platforms that would shrink one's audience, and this would run counter to everything we've heard uh, from the commissioner of the National Football League, where it's about reach and breadth. Uh, are you aware that there is a playoff game that will be exclusive? Allow me to use that word again. Exclusive to Peacock. If you want to see uh, the Miami Dolphins roll into Kansas City and play the Chiefs, better be watching on Peacock. That's the only way to do it. Yeah, I heard about this from all my Swifty fans, Scott, who were uh, who were incensed yeah. that they were not going to be able to watch. How many Swifty fans are there? How many? How many of those? <laughs> a lot. Are there? Yeah, well, a very large amount. Uh, th- this is yeah. this is a fascinating one. The, the, Wouldn't it be great if they had like millions of signups just for the game? <laughs> I mean, they are going to have uh, maybe not millions, but, nah, but yeah. I, I, I at some point I would love to know, and, and maybe Peacock will release these numbers. But I hope so. but but what the actual. What, what what this leads to in terms of people signing up and whether they're 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 getting the the the, the monthly subscription if they're signing up for for bigger things that, that that's the whole goal here right this is the NBC Peacock they're they're paying the NHL NFL 110 million dollars for this game I think and hoping that via some sort of awareness uh, signing up for for monthly plans which I think are six dollars or yearly plans which I think are sixty dollars some combination of all those things is gonna is gonna net out as as a positive in the end um, and, and we could talk about the choice of game right we're kind of joking about about Taylor Swift but mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I, not joking about Taylor I think Swift. There, I part of it. yeah no I think there, there were options about which game was going to be the peacock game um, and only one of the games that were options had <laughs> had a global global mega pop star as as part of the story storyline woven into it, yeah, and, and it's you know, not. It doesn't seem crazy to me to got think a high profile team, that high put, profile put a quarterback on, on the uh, on the scales a little bit. I think you're right. Are you going to watch it? No, probably not. <laughs> Neither am I. Neither am I. I would far if Roger. Don't hate me. I would encourage folks to utilize that time to like do anything else. Just try try take a break. Take a break from the crack. <laughs> Step away from the screen. Try life. Try one little slice of life without an NFL game uh, in front of you. And try, I, just try. And I do have Peacock, by the way, because my partner watches Vander, Vanderpump. Um, yeah. So there's. Um, it's not. It's not so even. The, have it's not even the financial it, thing. I'm just probably it. not gonna. Not gonna watch it. But I am very uh, curious to see how many people. How many people do for sure. All right, we'll close it out with uh, Josh Harris going a, a bit unconventional here, rolling in with Bob Myers to oversee sort of a picking of a new football executive to lead the commanders. Obviously, Bob was the architect of the Golden State Warriors. They had some success, as far as I'm aware, during his tenure there. Um, <laughs> Just some, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love, and I, you know this, I love 
folks who do things unconventionally and don't just say, well, this is how it's always been done. So I love the like you don't need to be a football executive yeah. to figure out what would be or who would be a good person to coach this team. This is about you know character. It's about culture. And I love the fact that Josh was and and Blitz and Mitch Rails um, and Magic that they're just going a little unconventional. Let, let's see. Clearly, something ails this team. Uh, let's see what a guy who has a track record of success building one of the premier franchises in sports in general, global sports. Let's see what he can what he can do. Give him a shot. And, and no sport, I think. Uh, stands to learn that lesson more than the NFL, right? Which, yeah. which so consistently seems to rely on the football guy as uh, as the. But as you, the you thing know how much I, I hate that. I agreed. So so uh, that's why I love Tony Dungy. Mm. I've always you know I love the whole calm doesn't have to be screaming at people approach. There's more than way to get it done, but like the 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 screaming vein popping from the neck football coach yeah. smacking on the helmets. I'm like you know it doesn't have to be that way. And and but the commitment has to be there from the top. I am a Big big believer. I, I watched uh, you know years ago uh, Jerry Sloan getting to some NBA Finals, but never quite being able to beat Michael Jordan. You know, and he had Malone and Stockton, whatever. But it was clear that Jerry was the guy, and he had he had the backing of ownership. Like you just knew. Like it's well, didn't they trade? Darren Williams to the Nets in like 10 seconds after he complained, like ownership made it clear, (laughs) the coach ain't going anywhere. It's going to be you. And you get that sort of in San Antonio with Popovich. Um, I guess, you know, Belichick had it for for some time there. Um, But you you better empower guys. It does absolutely start from the top. And and I think that's part of the culture that you have to create right there. The players have to know that whoever this person is has the back, uh, coaches, um, executives that they have the back. Didn't LeBron remember the LeBron bumping uh, Eric Spolstra when he left the floor one time yeah, yeah, yeah. during a game? Yeah. And like it was pretty dark. The message came back really clear. Like Spolstra's not going anywhere. Like that's my guy. Mm-hmm. So you know, Mickey Harrison established that culture as well. I think all the really good franchises do that. This is also one of those one of those areas in which in the NFL having a new very rich owner. Mm-hmm. matters, right? It, it, the, the NFL yeah. is not Major League Baseball, where Steve Cohen can buy the Mets and suddenly pay $200 million more a year and put a much better team on the field. Uh, the NFL has a hard salary well, cap. The, the, theoretically, theoretically much better. The NFL has a hard salary cap. There, there, there are restrictions in how much a new owner, even if he's worth, or collectively the group is worth $50 billion as the commander's Did group someone is. someone say David but, Tepper? Yeah, David Tepper's learning this lesson also. <laughs> but one of the things you can do is, is all these other things. Bob Meyer does not come cheap, I'm sure. Um, and, and as we said, a lot of traditional NFL owners might not even think to hire Bob Myers as someone to run their team. Josh Harris, Bob Myers is. Josh Harris is both willing to spend that money and is also kind of aware of uh, ways in which maybe thinking outside the box is better. Um, it, it made me think a little bit about uh, the, the Walton family and, and the Penners who bought the bought the Broncos, who obviously, again, were not able to spend immediately to put a great team on the field. But one of the things they did do, I believe at the end of last year, their first year in ownership, when players were complaining about the turf the last game of the season they paid whatever it was one million dollars two million dollars to put a brand new grass field in um, just for one single game before the season ended those are the kind of things that do turn heads in the league it's the kind of thing that players notice it's the kind of thing that executives notice when bob myers takes over uh, for a group like the commanders um, these are the things that a, that a multi-billion dollar owner can do um, outside of getting a, signing a better free agent um, or, or paying someone more money that actually do maybe affect the success of your franchise 
You know, I've seen having walked the bowels of many stadiums and arenas, you see the family room, mm. you know, where, where wives and kids and, and, and friends and whatever hang out. It's a big deal. Like, do you offer yeah. like daycare? Do you offer thing like that? That stuff matters to players. That's the culture that we're talking about. Do players walk in and be like, "This is where I want to. This is where I want to be." And, and for folks and, who are and they talk. And if yeah. people are curious about that exact topic, um, a few months ago, Eric Jackson, one of the days that you were out, Scott, joined joined me on this show to talk about. He he did a big story about Josh Harris's first hundred days, and one of the things that he found was that. So much of the original changes were stuff exactly what you're talking about, Scott. It was a hospitality tent in the parking lot for players and their families. It was an extra bringing back the old players. Yeah, bringing back old players. It was an extra hot tub in the locker room, or it was a scoreboard at on the practice facility so that the coaches had a better sense of of timing. It, it was a lot of little things that maybe a lot of fans don't think about, but go a really long way uh, when it comes to a new owner putting his or her stamp. Uh, on a new organization. And I think Josh Harris has done a lot of that already. I was, I was toying with the idea of teeing up the Eddie Murphy hot tub song, but do you know that? I don't know the hot tub song. Oh my God. We're going to have such a great laugh when we're done taping. We go outside. (laughs) You you really don't know that. And and I'm not a huge Saturday night live guy, but you don't know Eddie, Eddie Murphy, the hot tub. I don't. Oh, well, this is going to be really okay. Well, then let's. Friend of the program, Steve Horowitz, right now is putting face palm to hand, going, Oh, Evan. Oh, Evan. Well, well with right. that, I'm excited uh, to wrap this up. Uh, he is Scott Soshnik. You can find him on Twitter at Soshnik. I am Evan Novi Williams. You can find me on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. The show is produced by Aaron Greenewald. Thank you very much to Aaron. Mordico's digital media editor, Cora Beltman, would like you to know that you can follow the show at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No it's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.